helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Braden Weecroft. I'm the Director of Business Development with Remax Camosun and Remax of Nanaimo. Uh, today, we're going to take a little bit of a departure from the content that we've been covering the last uh, three weeks, which is primarily focused on the BC budget uh, announcement, some of the changes that are coming down the pipe. We may touch on that a little bit today, but what we're actually going to be focusing on is the, the proposed changes around agency um, pertaining to the superintendent of real estate, Michael Noseworthy, as well as uh, the real estate council. Um, if you've been paying attention to the real estate market in BC for the last you know, three months, four months, you know that the beginning of the year, there's been a lot of, 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 of conversation in the real estate community focusing on the changes to agency. Uh, there was an implementation date around new rules that was supposed to be March 15th. And uh, because of the noise that realtors made, I believe there were 4,000 letters were sent to the, the superintendent of real estate. Uh, they managed to pause and hear the feedback and have decided to postpone the March 15th deadline to June 15th. Everyone in the real estate industry took a collective deep breath, gathered ourselves. And since then, we've kind of forgotten a little bit about it because we've been so focused on the BC budget. So today, I want to bring us back to the conversation uh, around the, the agency changes. And it just so happened that the superintendent of real estate, Michael Noseworthy, as well as uh, a representative of the Real Estate Council of British Columbia, Maureen Coleman, uh, was actually at the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board AGM, which just happened last Friday. And we're very, very excited that we have actually a guest today who was at the event, took a lot of notes, and we've been chatting back and forth over the, the weekend about um, what he learned that day. And so we're, we're here today to sort of update you and, and let you know what he learned. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce the managing broker for Ian Thompson at Remax of Nanaimo. Uh, Ian's lived in the Nanaimo community for 30 years with his family. He's been a licensed realtor working in that market area for 15 years. He's very involved in the community through uh, various organizations and initiatives. Uh, and in the last uh, year, he's been the managing broker of Remax of Nanaimo, where he helps support 115 realtors who control uh, any given month in the last few years, uh, close to 50% of the market share. So Ian's a very busy guy. We're very fortunate to have him here online with us today. And before I bring Ian on screen, I just want to remind you, this is a Facebook Live post. So if you have questions for either Ian or myself, Feel free to comment them below. Uh, we'll do our best to answer them. So with that being said, Ian, thank you very much for being here. No problem. Hi, Braden. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much for awesome. coming. 150. You're a busy guy. You must be in demand. Uh, it is busy. It is busy, but it's good. It's a good busy, right? It's helping people and answering questions and navigating all this uh, twists and turns of the new changes coming. So it's an exciting time. Absolutely. And, you know, you've, you've actually, um, as far as being an on-air personality, what I didn't say in your bio is you have a, a long history in the radio business. I do. That was a long time ago, but thanks for bringing that up. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you got I the have a long history. It was a good, that was a good other career. That's actually the part I've been most nervous about is, is your radio voice going against my high. <laughs> got a bit of a cold, so hopefully that helps. Okay, go with the cold. Cold's good. Absolutely. So, Last Friday, you went to the Vireb AGM. Now, I take it that's not the first AGM you've been to? 
No, I've been to many AGMs. Uh, I used to MC them for the uh, Realtor Care Awards that we did for many, many years. So I've been to I've been to a few. This one was different. Yeah, it was, was so different. You say different? How so? Well, there was a lineup for food. That was just out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There was like 400 people there, 420 perhaps, wow. which is uh, way, way more than normal. Maybe we had 80 or 100 in the past, and. You know, of course, the superintendent was there. We never get to see this person. It's the one we, he's a mystical person over across the water that sends things by email once a week. But, you know, we don't know who he is or what he's like. So it was, it was, it was good. I'm glad I went to, uh, to see him. And there were a lot of people that were looking forward to hearing what he had to say. Unfortunately, it was maybe 15 minutes with questions. Right. So it was, it, I don't think it was as detailed as it left people wanting more. I'm not sure there is more, though. So that's, we, we can talk about that. Well, we're going to get into that. I know you talk about uh, the time for questions. Now, my understanding is you were one of the few people that was actually able to have an opportunity to ask a question. That's right. What That's did you? Right. I, bet you didn't. I don't think they took. I don't think they took ten questions. Maybe eight questions. Uh, there was just no time. He had a float plane waiting or something to go back, and I think that maybe was miscommunicated to a lot of the people in the room because there was some unhappy people. Who, fair enough, they came from Campbell River. You know, change their day around to get more interaction from uh, from Mr. Noseworthy, but uh, frankly, it's very hard to get interaction with him. It's so very, you, you did get to ask a question. I did. I'm curious, what did you ask him? Well, my question was, uh, you know, currently, uh, when a listing agent uh, finds a buyer or calls on a listing, they're able to represent. Uh, the seller and work with the buyer by offering them a customer relationship. And my question was, after June 15th, will the listing agent be able to continue working with both parties by offering that buyer an unrepresented party relationship? Now, what was interesting, Braden, is there was a pause because uh, Mr. Noseworthy and his second in command they sort of stopped and they were chatting amongst themselves before they answered me, which I thought was interesting. And basically, they said, there's no, there's nothing that speaks to that in the new rules. So after I pressed them even further, they said, yes, it's allowed, but be careful. And I thought that was interesting. They don't want that to happen, but it is allowed. It will be allowed. Interesting. So when you, when you think about that, as far as how it applies, I mean, that, that's really been the challenge in the real estate community is getting clarity around these changes. Um, like, I'm curious, did you walk away that day with any new information? And if so, like, what would it be? Well, I mean, that that was, I was pleased to have that answer. I thought that was a good answer. I thought we weren't even going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, when Maureen Coleman spoke, um, she was very, from the council's perspective, and this is something that I'm glad I went there, just so you could see the dynamics of how it works with dual regulators. You've got the superintendent who's making the rules sending them over to the council who's interpreting them and then sending them down to the realtors to execute on the ground. And although Mr. Noseworthy said we could do, he answered yes to my question, Maureen Coleman was very much uh, recommending you don't do that. And that's, I still find that the most frustrating part, that things are gray, they're not black and white. And I, I, I think most of us are looking for just Give me an answer. Is it is it this or is it this? But we get a lot of it depends. That's the answer we're getting from them. It depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wrote that down from uh, Maureen said, "What level of risk are you the comfortable? Are you comfortable working with as a realtor?" That's what it comes down to. Your 
judgment is going to be called into question more often. Right, right. You, know, you, you bring up an interesting point about um, the superintendent's perspective of how council has interpreted uh, his directives. You know, I've been hearing a lot in the last few weeks about uh, more and more disconnect between what the superintendent said, here's what I wanted to see happen, and here's how council has interpreted it. What insights were you able to glean on Friday as far as like having you know representative the real the superintendent there and a high ranking person in the council in the same room speaking at the same event like what insights were you able to get as far as the communication between the two organizations and, and what? Well, I think they communicate after after the superintendent sends them the rules, but I don't think they have that communication beforehand because they seem to stumble with what they get. And then, uh, like the double recusal, they sent us their interpretation of it, and the superintendent was like, well, it's, it wasn't my intention that way, so we've taken it back, and that's something that's going to come out. Uh, it was supposed to be today or maybe this week, which is the clarification on that conflict of interest. And I, I, th I think they are going to uh, allow us for some way to, to, to manage that conflict. I don't know what that is yet, but that's, that's going to be a big deal when we get that. Okay, so... When you when you were hearing the superintendent speak, albeit not a very uh, long amount of airtime no. he was up there for, um, what what clearly did you get? Because I, I I can hear the frustration both with yourself and and members in the real estate community around. We just want answers. Um, what answers did you get? <laughs> None? Nothing new. <laughs> Nothing new, frankly, other than that question that I asked him. Most of the other questions were just upset realtors at the whole process, right? And I think I think there's still a lot of you know that built up frustration with you know for instance the whole survey they did was 2,500 people in BC, 300 I think about 300 less than 300 of uh, public, and there's four million people in British Columbia, so there wasn't a lot of people surveyed, and a lot of people were asking him about that, and his answer was I agree it wasn't a large enough sample. And then that was it. Like you can't, you can't change that. That door's already been closed. There's no new surveys coming. Things aren't going to change. But we should try and work with what we have. And that's that. That's what he was saying. That he is open to. He's open to hearing from us. But his job is to fulfill the mandate he was given. Mm -hmm. So that's that's part of what he's struggling with. All our objections. And on this side, you know, he was hired to do a job, and that's what he's doing. Right? So. I respect him for that. I mean, he has to do what he's hired to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's certainly not a not an easy uh, room no. to, to work in. You know, no. I've done a couple presentations in my time, and I, I, I couldn't imagine uh, being in front of 400 people who weren't my yep. fans. And he handled the questions well. I mean, he was very professional. He's very articulate. And he was just, you know, this is the black and white part of it. This is what we can do. And, of course, Maureen comes on later with more of the, the fleshing out the details of what's going to happen. So I found hers, I found her presentation, there was a lot more day-to-day yeah. uh, -day useful information that we can talk about than Mr. Noseworthy. Okay, well, well, we'll move to Maureen next, but before we move on from Mr. Noseworthy, um, yep. you know, for, for someone who's maybe been, you know, busy working with their clients, hasn't necessarily been following along um, with some of these changes, like from your perspective, What's the action plan from here? Where you mentioned some some documentation that we're expecting to get. You know, if this is your first time this year uh, hearing about this, and you're a licensed realtor in the province of British Columbia, like what can you expect over the next 
30, 60, 90 days. Okay, well, let me just say, if this is the first time you've heard about this and you're a licensed realtor, that isn't good. It's just my, it's just my managing broker coming out there. But uh, what we can expect to see is, or, or what we can expect to see changing, and I've, I've got this down from, from Maureen, the end of checkbox real estate, that was a term that she used where everything is just quickly, these are forms that we're required to give you to fill out. If you just check these boxes off, I can get on quickly to selling you a house, to showing you a house and not not spending enough time explaining what we do and how the how the role is going to work. Uh, she talked about moving from a sales focused industry to a client focused profession, which is the role of a fiduciary. Uh, and, and that'll be that'll be the hard dynamic because we're independent contractors and, and, and you know our job is to help people buy things, help them buy what they have discovered for themselves they like. But sometimes uh, that desire gets pushed ahead of what's maybe is best for the for the customer. That's the council's perspective on it. That's my understanding of it. So they want us to apply increased professional judgment, and that's where the gray comes from, where we need to be more thinking about what kind of a relationship I'm going to have with people. What is the best thing for this person as opposed to acting quickly? And we're, we're very much an action-oriented group of people, right? Because what makes us successful, and it's that's where we have to work on that. Yeah, you know, a big part of, of what we do is is we remove friction from the process. You know, like there's there's no reason why someone couldn't go to a, a, a lawyer's office to have a contract drafted. It's just that your lawyer's likely not going to return your call after 7 p.m. at night most of the time or, you know, drop everything again. And that's that's been the industry. I wonder how much of that is also just the thrust of the market. You know, we are there's some real practicalities when it comes around. If you're a home buyer and you your goal is to buy a house, there is a, an element of having to act quickly right now in order to be successful. That doesn't necessarily mean that you you, you have to be reckless um, and you, you can't be prudent and your realtor should walk you through it. But, you know, we were just talking off air um, about that tension between service. You can call it sales and I want to call it service and right. fiduciary role. And I, I don't know, I, I keep hearing this transition from, you know, being a sales organization to a fiduciary. Mm -hmm. I don't see them as as exclusive. Uh, you know, I, I think you can be a, a fiduciary while still giving good service. I mean, what what's your thoughts on that? Well, based on what I've hearing, what I'm hearing them say is that we just need to slow down and and do more in the beginning. And I think you use the phrase front load, which I like. I like that phrase. Uh, and so when we're when we're first meeting with the buyer, we're talking about them maybe in our buyer's presentation. We need to look at that. And do we have the forms in there that we can explain to people? These are the forms that I want you to get comfortable with. You don't want your buyer the first time you're, they're writing an offer on a Saturday night to be looking at it working with the realtor or whatever form that's going to be, because that's that's changing. We know we're going to do one of those, but that they've uh, they've had a chance to understand. They can take it home and think about it for a couple of days before they actually go and look at houses. And that's part of the slowing down and thinking and to make sure that they understand. So when they do get into a situation Saturday night at seven o'clock when there's three other offers, they can say, oh, you know, Ian, you told me that three days ago that this was going to happen, and my partner and I have decided that we don't want to do subject-free offers because we're just not comfortable with it. Great. That's that's ultimately the perfect scenario where they're making a decision. They've had time to make that decision. It hasn't been pushed on quickly. Right. Yeah, I, I hear that slowing down word. And, you know, to me, what, 
what I it brings up for me is, is thoughtful. You know, being yep. intentional and thoughtful in your process doesn't mean that you can't uh, serve your client um, nope. It just means you have to be very thoughtful in, in, in the process and, and frankly, have a process. In- well, and, and she mentioned that too. She was very adamant on run your business like a business. And, we, you know, we've talked about that. Uh, quite a bit that everybody I work with, it's routine oriented. These are the steps I go through. I'm moving on to page three. This is how I work with buyers so that you're not skipping something, which is so easy to do where, oh, geez, I forgot. I have to fill this form out. I'll I'll just go get that done now. That's too late. That's the sort of um, activity that they're watching for, that they're going to be they're going to be looking for when they call your file and say, when were all these forms signed, Mr. Thompson? I'll say, oh, well, they were all signed the same day and you made the offer the same day and you actually met these people an hour ago. You know, that isn't, that isn't good service in their mind. And I, yeah, I wouldn't argue that either. I think, I, I think it is a good idea to let people know in advance what a contract looks like. Yeah. What, are these, what do these things actually mean in here instead of just, you know, glossing over them? quickly because we want to get this offering by eight o'clock, you know, looking at your watch the whole time. Right. And, and it seems to be a lot about like giving your clients options, right? Like we've, we've talked about yeah. before, like I, I really feel like my job is to help people make informed decisions. And that mm-hmm. informed decision might be to write a subject free offer. If you understand all of the risks and you've been introduced to the form, yeah. you know, if, if we look at a property at an open house on Saturday and they're presenting offers on Sunday and really you should get legal advice Monday, the reality is you might miss out on that property and yeah. being able to have that open conversation with your client is, it's just part of, of being the professional. You don't need the sale more than they need to get good advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you want to make sure that they know that up front, whether you buy this house or next weekend or two weeks from now, we'll yeah. find another one. We will find another house. We, it won't necessarily be this particular one, but, but I'm confident we'll find another one. Now you mentioned- I think that's what they're looking for. And, and what they're not looking for, you mentioned something earlier about uh, sharp practice and you had a story yes. in Vancouver. So can you tell me what does sharp practice mean and and uh, tell us a little bit about that story that goes with it? Well, this is something that Maureen talked about. This is on the council's website, so it's obviously public knowledge, but sharp <clears throat> practice is described as a sneaky or cunning behavior that's technically within the rules of the law, but borders on being unethical. And it relates to... Uh, an offer being rushed through that the the buyer didn't have time to understand the information that they were being given. And so, uh, you know, yes, the forms were signed. So that's the technicality part. Here's a signature on the form you gave me, counsel. Yes, that's true. But in these circumstances, they use the term like standard boilerplate as opposed to meaningful advice. So that's a big, you know, boilerplate is Form one, form two, form three, sign here, click, 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 especially on your phone. Don't worry about it. Just click this button and all these things go through versus you've spent time and you sat down with them. You explain this contract means this, this form means this. That's that's meaningful advice. And if you don't give that, then you're going to leave yourself open to your claims. And it's always, it's always going to be complaint driven, right? It's much like secondary suites. In, in our city, right? The, the city doesn't drive around looking for them. If some, if the neighbor complains, if it's complaint driven, this will be the same sort of thing. When the buyer changes their mind and says, gee, I'm not happy with what I got from Ian. Turns out he didn't do the forms right. You have to have your files 
completely up to date showing that you did the forms three days before. This is what we talked about. And if you don't have that, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable. That's why she said, run your business like a business. Right? Yeah. You uh, were talking about how the superintendent of real estate would make a more <clears throat> higher level generalized comment. And then mm -hmm. you would sort of flesh it out in more detail. Um, you, you talked about, what, I can't remember the exact um, phrase you used, but something to the effect of how much risk are you willing to tolerate? That's and right. What level of risk are you as a realtor comfortable with? Yeah, what level of risk? <laughs> you get to yeah. pick. Um, and I mean, yeah. the least amount of risk is the least. I think the least amount of risk is having everybody under a contract that I work with. Right. Whether it's and a buyer. You, or, you mean buyers and sellers. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to lower your risk because you've outlined with them. It, it's not gray. It's exactly what it is, right? Everything else, when, when we're just out with people that we don't have under contract or anything, it's open to interpretation. Mine, yeah. yours, and as long as we agree and everyone's happy, it'll be fine. It's when it goes off the rails a bit that it starts to fall apart. Uh, and she, she mentioned open houses. She talked a bit about open houses. They're developing a new app for um, that a realtor we could use quickly at an open house to get people to understand what the agency relationship is going to be. Even joked about having a sign up that says, don't tell me anything, you know, I represent the seller. So there's certainly going to be some point to that and that's not how we've typically been trained or we've operated when you're doing an open house. The faster you can build rapport with people, you know, you're going to get to know them, they're going to trust you in a way you go to the races here. but. You can't, you have, that's where you have to slow down and step back a bit and say, okay, I'm representing the seller. This is how real estate works. You know, let's not talk about anything until I give you this form to sign. Mm -hmm. And then we can go from there. Yeah. So she, she was, she's very big on that too. Absolutely. You know, one of the challenges with this is that you have the, the council enforcing rules that we absolutely have to abide by. And then there's this gray area of, how much risk are you willing to take on? And presumably some realtors are willing to take on more risk than yeah. others. Uh, and then you have the market of buyers and sellers who frankly, other than they, they want to have good service, they're not as concerned, at, they should be probably, but they're not as concerned necessarily with the rules that we have to abide by. I, I, hey, I just want to see this house. Let me, you know, give me some information. Let's yeah. go. And, you know, we talked about exclusive buyer's agency and you know why do they not just make this mandatory? Uh, I'm sure it's more complicated than than just the phrase yeah. would drive, but let's face it, there are going to be real estate agents in every market that are just gonna be willing to have a high degree of risk and, and that's gonna be a challenge when you have other people who are trying to toe the line well on the side of professionalism, um, that are trying to manage all the risk, yeah. both theirs and their clients. In, What's your sense of, of the industry, like the professionals that work within it, shifting, you know, at mass the way that they're operating so that more of us are, are working in these parameters? I think it's a great thing. I mean, I, like a lot of things they're doing, I think the ideas make sense. I think it's, it's better for us to be more professional. Why wouldn't it be? If a lot of us are doing that now, that's great. Let's bring more people with us. Let's all do this. But... It doesn't matter how many rules they bring in. There's always going to be some that don't. There's some that don't now. There's no way to legislate that across when you've got 23,000 people. You're just going to have some that aren't going to do it the right way. And we can't, you know, it's not our job to worry about them. Is we know the right way to do it. This is the way that we need to 
do it. And, and you know, to your point about the buyers and sellers don't care about the rules, they do care when it goes wrong, right? They don't care in the beginning. Everybody's happy when I got this house and it's great, but when it turns out that you wrote subject free and the foundation's cracked, well, wait a minute, isn't there a rule that you're supposed to tell me about getting an inspection? And you're like, well, yeah, but it was busy and I didn't have time and that's where you're falling off. So the systems that she talks about uh, are, is going to prevent that happening and protect yourself. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah, It can't just be we're all happy and we're going to go together. Yeah, we are and we can be, but first we're going to do these steps because I met with you last week and it's just more, more business-like. And I, I'm glad you pushed back on that point because you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, it's no different than you know texting and driving. It's it's not a problem until, frankly, it, it's a huge problem, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I agree. We don't want to play fast and loose with these rules, and the consumers no. uh, definitely need a better education on on you know how the the industry uh, operates and what they needed to be to be prudent clients of a professional realtor. But it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how these things um, roll up. So let, let, I, got, I want to ask you, um, yeah. we, we talked about the, the bonus round of your conversation with the NDP <laughs> representative. So I want, to, I want to touch on that. But before we do, what's, what's your, um, if you can look into a crystal ball into the future, okay, these new rules are in place. You know, what's the action plan or the, the procedure for realtors to operate? Like, is it, you know, they get a, a call or something like that. And now, what would you start doing if you weren't doing it now to make sure that you're on side with these rules? Sorry, can you ask me that again? It cut up there. If you were if you were to get a new uh, lead, someone calls in on a right. listing of your, you know, how would you operate differently, being mindful of these changes than maybe most realtors do, which might be rushing out to go and show it. You'd ask them to come into the office. Like, give me the process. Yeah. I would do whatever you can to get them to come to the office first. I mean, that in itself is setting the tone of how we work. This is how we work, as opposed to. You know, who's driving the bus, really, right? We're the professionals. This is how the industry works. When you come in with me, we have a meeting, and I explain these forms. I set you up so that you're ready to buy because I don't want to take you. I don't want to take you to show a house, and you're not ready to buy. I don't even know if you're qualified. That's the whole other reason you get people to come in to begin with. It's not like these things. That's the thing. It's not like these things aren't happening now. It's just doing a little more. I mean, a lot of people having agents in the having customers in the office first before they go out. That's been practiced for a long time, and the most successful, uh, the most successful realtors are doing that, just so that they're not wasting their time with people that can't that can't buy, which happens when we just jump up and off we go in the car, right? So it's just doing more of what you're already doing, right? Really, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's a whole lot more. It's just more of what you're doing in a more systematic way, and that's what I would think. You know, I think that's a great way to, to end off because you're absolutely right. There are a lot of agents in the market area yeah. that are very professional and are doing a great yeah. job. So by no means uh, are these changes a result yeah. of the industry failing. It, it really is a, a, you know, a few bad apples that, that, yeah. that haven't conducted themselves well. So, you know, I think that's and, a good And I mean, the, uh, it's all about using good judgment. She did talk about conflicts of interest. I wanted to talk about that, you know. The ability to work with an unrepresented party. A lot of it, a lot of it comes down to how much information you know, and how old is that information versus the new information. I mean, when you're when you're being having confidential information, you have to you have to uh, not share the old information that you know, but the new information someone tells you, you have to share that with the other person, right? So that's where you get into that judgment 
apart and you're slowing down and thinking to myself, okay, it was 10 years ago that this person bought a house for me. How relevant is that to this particular transaction? It might not be relevant at all. I don't even know if they're married anymore. I don't know what's going on in their life, right? Versus, yeah. oh, I just blanket can't do it. So I don't think I don't think we should be thinking that way. That it's just not possible. It is possible. It's just more thinking. Absolutely. And there's going to be hopefully lots more information to come. So I appreciate you sharing everything from from Friday's event. Now, ready for the lightning round? Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> we need a cool uh, sound effect or something. Um, <laughs> Uh, when was it that you had the opportunity to go and sit with uh, Leonard Krogh from the NDP? On Friday, last Friday at four in the afternoon at the Chamber of Commerce office here. There was Fantastic. About 20 of us at a round table. Yeah, it was good. Leonard's awesome. great. I mean, I like our MLA. He's, he's a, he's a likable human being. He's a wonderful person. He's represented us very well. I think, uh, I mean, our, our finance minister was here the week before. I wasn't at that meeting, but she was at the chamber as well. So I think they are making the rounds in the province talking about, okay, here's this rule we've talked about. What have we done? What have we unleashed? And, yeah. and they heard it from our group of what they've unleashed, the uh, un, unintended consequences of this, specifically a speculation tax. Yeah, and just to, 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 to let people watching, we have pivoted now from the council changes to the BC budget. I just wanted to hear your comments on it because – it's very uh, neat that you had the opportunity to sit with you yeah. know, your local representatives. So uh, any insights or takeaways from that? I mean, obviously, it sounds like they've made the announcement. They're hearing the backlash, and now they're doing some consultation. That's promising. What else did you hear? Uh, not a lot more, frankly. I don't, think that, I don't think that was the goal of the meeting. I don't think it's possible for them to say, oh, well, we've come up with this alternative. That's not what the role is. I think just information gathering is good in itself. They're not just saying, too bad. I mean, ultimately, they might do that, but I don't. I don't think that's the sense that I'm getting from enough people and feedback that I've had. I think they are going to change it, and I think we can look at a lot of legislation that's proposed in the legislature or in Parliament in Ottawa. And ultimately, what comes down the line is different. And uh, I mean, I'm confident it's going to be the same way. I think there's going to be a, a fair number of changes to this tax uh, speculation tax, and you know, hopefully, they'll be all good. But like many things, probably not everything will be, but it'll be different. I, I believe, and we'll adapt. We will. We'll carry on like we do. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome, Ian. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to be here. I know how busy you are. You I bet. really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk great. to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. That was Ian Thompson, the managing broker of REMAX of Nanaimo. Uh, we will be rebroadcasting this interview tomorrow morning for those of you who want to watch it again. Um, we, we love it when you share with your friends. Uh, last week's interview was shared over a dozen times. We had a lot of really good feedback on it. So uh, please uh, share if you feel like it's, it's worth sharing. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing you more content here in the near future. All right, guys, have a great day, an awesome week. Bye for now.